old-fashioned drama. Oh, yeah, right? It's, it's I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. And thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. You know, I'm horrible. We would think that after all these years that I would know every actor by name and I would just, like, get it at the top, right? Uh, but for the first five minutes of this of this movie, I'm like, oh, that's Benedict Cumberbatch. No, that's the guy that destroyed aliens. We're talking about the killer. Eric, how the hell are you doing? Do you think that it was his fault that Aliens franchise was destroyed? He, he became the star. Did he? Yeah, the second one kind of did. Ah, I guess so. What are you? What are your thoughts on uh, Michael Fassbender? Fassbender, he kind of uh, rose up. He got the big, the, the big play in uh, Inglorious Bastards, right? Yeah, um, I, I, I like Fassbender where it counts. Um, I did a podcast years Doing ago, like a slow bender. Ooh, nice. I did. A, I did a podcast that was separate from ours years ago, and. Um, of course, everybody at that point in time said that The Dark Knight was the greatest superhero movie of all time. And uh, we just reviewed uh, X-Men First Class. And I came out of that movie and I reviewed it. And I, I thought that X-Men First Class was the best one. It was better than ba- The Dark Knight. And people thought it was crazy. And I was like, yeah, but that guy that played Magneto, whoever that guy is, that guy's good. Yeah. That was my introduction to Fassbender. Was that yours? Uh, I... I uh, uh no I say officially it was for Inglorious Bastards, uh actually officially officially was a uh, band of brothers, uh oh you wasn't that but like you know I I wouldn't have known everybody him, he, was yeah that. exactly he he was just a, a, another dude yeah the guy from the office was like a starring role in that yeah Inglorious Bastards was definitely the way that I was introduced. Uh, to him, and he'd just been kind of hitting ever since. He, he landed that Magneto role, and that was fantastic. And then certain franchises and then independent properties, he was doing good. He even did 12 Years a Slave. So mm-hmm. he was going to take on a challenging role, and he's not afraid to go there. He's got range. He's uh, he's He's got it. And when you are an actor with range, he's because he's got a comedy out now, Next Goal Wins, then you... Yeah, I saw are, that. You can succeed. You know, he's, he's a character actor, too. He could play in period pieces. He can kind of play quirky, up-to-date pieces. He's got, he's got a lot of... Uh, got a lot of uh, faces in his bag. He can be a killer. He can be a killer. Uh, hey, was he in... He was in The Killer. So... The killer? The reason why we're reviewing this movie, and you can find this on Netflix. This is a Netflix uh, original release. Uh, we're reviewing this because this is my probably second or third, it's top five favorite director of all time. You and I have discussed this director, David Fincher. This is David Fincher's next movie. The last time we reviewed him was when I moved into my new house that I'm in now. And the last movie we reviewed of his was Mank. And boy, did we not like that one. Uh, no, it was... Not the best. He did. No, that was his worst one. Uh, he also did Mindhunter, which I enjoyed very much. That was right before Mank. But uh, then we he did Mank. We obviously go back and check that out. You had said that it was more a passion piece for him. Yeah, it was a passion piece for him. And this one, though, this is more up his alley, right? Um, 
my wife is known to hate Fincher movies. She says that Fincher is like a 1970s movie where like, like she hates Jaws. She hates uh, Taxi Driver because it's so slow. And I was like, but that's what makes it good. <laughs> um, and Fincher's kind of known for that, right? I mean, he has that slow burn, a lot of his movies. Uh, so I was excited to get back into this, right? This was his redemption from Mank. And boy, did he lose me in the first 15 minutes. Uh, Cumberbatch, not Cumberbatch. <laughs> I can want to say Cumberbatch. Fastbender uh, would not shut the hell up in, in this in this opening. This is this was daunting. This first 15, 20 minutes really? of this movie. Oh, it was terrible. For I me. didn't for me. think. Yeah, I guess it was just. It, it's a movie where you are left to question what's going to happen next. Like that slow burn that you're talking about. Right, and, but I was... No, yeah, in, in this point in the introduction, because this is all we know. It's just like he's just camping out and scouting. So I'm I'm piecing together a movie, The Killer, and then this guy scouting is that he's a killer and he's waiting for uh, the thing. And so I'm thinking, all right, I'll stick it out and I'll wait around to make sure to see if this comes through or not. And um, I guess I was just more willing to wait. Well, my issue is that because of the stink of Mank, that when we got into uh, Fastbender talking monologue about his routine and how he can't show empathy and and all these different things, I'm just like, oh, God, like, has has Fincher done it, right? A lot of directors have done it, besides Tarantino, right? Tarantino likes Tarantino, but it's like, Directors have their slumps. And I was like, wow, Mank and now this is just going to be his slump. Like, is this bad? Um, but yeah, this beginning of the movie is is Fastbender. We, he's, he's nameless. He's just a killer. And he is meticulous in his routine. Uh, he's sleep deprived. And he's hiding out in this uh, apartment. He was explaining how he used to do Airbnbs, but he doesn't like Airbnbs. Because people like nanny camps. There's like all these little details. That he says, and we're waiting, like we know as the audience, he's going to kill somebody. That's what this opening is about. And it's a slow burn. Yeah, Very yeah. Slow. Like he is he is camped out. That's the thing that it shows is that he is, he's there for a bit. And it's not like, you, you know, he's uh, killing time. He's, he's kind of on a, a schedule and he's staying very diligently observant to the penthouse across the way, across the street. What I like about this, Eric, is that you don't know who he's targeting. There's a few times where Fincher decides to tease us, right? Where it's like he grabs the scope and everybody's in the scope, right? And he keeps on focusing on that damn, um, uh, 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 not, well, not a butler, but the, the, but the uh, doorman. He keeps on focusing on that same doorman. I was like, is he going to wait for a perfect time to kill that? Like, that was what was fun about this boring opening segment was who is he going to kill? Have you already seen the victim that he's going to target? That was an interesting point. Yeah, and the way that he plays with that scope, too, the way that he's just kind of toying with this whole idea, it's really painting this picture here. Like, again you become very observant in this time just because you're trying to absorb all the information so that you can 
kind of figure out what's going on here. What's going to happen next? What did he just say? Is he trying to kill that doorman like you just said? You see that, that scope and you realize, okay, okay, this guy's definitely a killer. He's got kind of the, the, the sniper scope right there. And he's got gloves on and he's you know being very careful to trace his steps. It's, it's building a bit more to that final kill. So I'm going to be x-rated for a minute please for a point oh, and I'm keep gonna, going i'm gonna clean it up for the audience but have you ever heard of the british late night talk show graham norton yeah okay yes i have if no nobody has just youtube graham norton it is london's jimmy fallon if you will oh he's much better than jimmy fallon you can give him give him that he is he's a talk show host and a very he's talk show host. He's, he's london's talk show host um but anyway he had uh, Fassbender on uh, to talk about the movie. And Fassbender uh, said the most difficult part of the movie was Fincher trying to find the right gloves in the beginning of the movie because he wanted the killer to have these black, latexy kind of gloves. He wanted to show the hand and the, you know, like the knuckles, right? He just wanted to really, like, have the gloves be a part of the skin kind of look. And he said Fincher spent weeks trying to find this is a really, really funny YouTube clip. You should check it out, Eric. And then Greg Norton's like, well, what are they? And here's the X-rated part. Uh, Fassbender said, uh, these are fisting gloves. Oh, my. <laughs> they make gloves especially for that? Yeah. You yes. would think that. Yes. Yes. Actually, I don't know what to think. I, I don't think I've ever thought of it before. I Googled it. And they I, do sell it. I'm sure you just stopped Google, Google in that. Yeah. Yes. I was like, oh, my Lord. Uh, but speaking of fisting. <laughs> I got, got my uh, stocking stuffer gift, huh? I'm, I'm sorry for people that are listening. I'm sorry. But I, I found that so ridiculous. That sounds so artistic douchebaggery from Fincher to be like, oh, yes, these gloves need to show every little wrinkle. And like, Shut I up. To say, do you have some leftover ones from uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo? Nice. Uh, speaking of fisting, though, we get our target. Uh, our target, some our politician, some rich guy, I don't know, right? Somebody that's in the penthouse of Cross. And, of course, this fat, blonde, Donald Trump-looking politician has a dominatrix in his room. Yep, he's looking to get some play. He's looking to play around. And the killer has told him he's a bad boy. Scopes. Maybe get some of that fisting glove, you know? Right, right. He's been a bad boy. He needs to be taught a lesson. And then all of a sudden, she jumps out with her purse, falls down a couple of stories, and goes home to Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> that was a bad joke, but a good one. Good yeah, reference. That was, that was a, a reach. Good. Yeah, it was a reach, but it was a good one. Um, but no. The killer, who has been meticulous and perfect and everything, even going as measuring his heartbeat because his heartbeat can't reach a certain beat because of the gun, blah, blah, blah. He pulls the trigger and he kills the dominatrix instead. His target gets away. And this is where I perk up because I'm like, how is he going to how he escaped Paris? I thought was wonderful. I thought it was a great action sequence with a, not a lot of action in it. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, everything made sense. Like it just logically made sense. Okay, he has his he has his helmet on. He goes onto the motorcycle. He gets away. Uh, every time he sees an opening to throw away things in a dump in a, in a dump truck or in, or in the or in the lake or river, whatever, 
you know, he finds ways of getting rid of all the evidence. Like this guy, even though he screwed up, this guy knows what he's doing. Oh, I, yeah. this was this was interesting. Like I like this to a point where you're thinking like, geez, is this overkill? And even he still goes like he's obviously it's good to be this paranoid about it. He's covering all of his tracks. There's there's no way anyone's going to even think to, to stop him. He's. He's researched it so much that he's backlogged. When he was renting the scooter, doing it days beforehand, so, you know, it's just, this guy's got a plan. Mm. Also, little details, like he will go to, like, a, like a 7-Eleven, if you will, and shave his face for no reason, but he does it. And then he has, like, this like this little spray bottle, kind of like hand sanitizer spray bottle, right? I don't know if that's to cover a scent of gunpowder or something, but he would spray that around. And the movie screws with you. So, like, he gets on the plane, flies to wherever, and he sees this, this suave-looking guy with these fancy-looking socks, right? And then the next, and then that night, he cancels his flight because he suspects this this suave man with fancy socks that he's coming after him. And I liked how he ordered room service and put, you know, like the glass on the handle and then the little tray lid on the floor. Like, there's little things that I enjoyed, but we never see that guy again. And I was like, oh, you know, like this little details like this is getting me really interested into the mystery. This is a very good thriller. Oh, sure. It, it just gives you more into the mind more and more, which is, I think, the fascinating part of why people like uh, hitmen or like serial killers, just because they don't like the the act so much as they enjoy the process. Like because, people like Dexter. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because of how, uh, just how, how the work that goes into it, people appreciate. I think that level of just dedication to something where you're that researched, you're you're that choreographed. Everything is is planned. You know, he he has. Uh, what, oh, what does he say? Don't improvise. You know. Yeah. Don't improvise. Anticipate. Anticipate and don't show empathy. Yeah. And always yeah just the way that he he's yeah exactly not leaving anything to chance he's just jesus thinking that yeah this guy's here to kill me and right. he's probably just some dude flying back home to see you know see a family just some dude right and then he gets home to the dominican republic to his hideout they call it the hideout not much of a hideout though because he goes through the cities he goes out to the jungle as they call it and it's a beautiful like open house and what do you mean by open like there's no windows everything's like curtains and he's got a private lot obviously and it's right, just but yeah it's definitely one of those uh that's a coke dealer house man <laughs> well it's a nice looking house it's not like tony montana looking but i'm just like this is supposed to be a hideout like anybody that's like a really good killer could probably you know like where's the security you don't know but anyway he finds out somebody's been there, though, because when he pulls up to the gates, he realizes there's a bunch of footprints and there's cigarettes, and he runs to the house, and there's blood everywhere, music's playing, and this is where he finds out that, I thought it was a sister, but later in the movie you find, but this is his lover, right? That, that That's what she's called, it's his lover. Yes. And the two people came to the house to kill him, beat the crap out of her, she has a brother, she's in the hospital, looking battered, right? And she... Didn't give him up, and now he is on a revenge mission to figure out what happened. So he has his list. At the end of the list, it says, Bill, we're going to the Deadly Viper Squad. No? 
no, that's that's exactly what what it is. And get a clap on that one. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it was a, it was a good reference. You're you're both you're getting better with the references, by the way. Thank you. Start, you. Thank you started off slow, and now it's, it's starting to slowly get there. You're gonna get a home run in, in the end of the uh, the podcast night. I have a feeling. Yes, yes. So People are gonna be googling everything you're saying. Uh, no, I I think oh again because I don't know who's going after him. This is where the curious part is, right? He's at, he's going back home after a failed job. And it is curious. It's a nice question. Like what happens to the assassin if they, if they mess up, like the, is everyone just go home and they go, Oh man, we'll get them next time, boys. Yeah. But like, no, apparently this happens. Apparently there's a clean team that has to uh, be paid extra, right? From the, so the client pays for the hit and, for an insurance, if the hit goes wrong, which it did in this, then the client can pay extra to have all of the loose ends cleaned up. Very standard. We've been here before, right? But the good thing, folks, is that the way this movie is told, it just makes it a great mystery. It's just what, how is he going to figure it out, right? Because you're, because he has no information, right? When he meets his girlfriend in the hospital. The, what one said they hit like one guy had like a one guy had like a limp maybe or something like that like the, there's no information white hair so this, or something like that right white hair and a gimp like that that's it like i mean nothing nothing to go off of so this guy guys to find it out but he talked to her brother and he and he said that uh, a green taxi picked up the the assailants so he's driving the next day all throughout the Dominican, all over the area, trying to find a green taxi. Talk about dedication. Yeah. Then he finds two green taxis. He then that night goes to the taxi hub, holds the guy at gunpoint, and finds the driver who drove the two bad guys. Leo, I believe his name is. Um just spoil it right now. Leo gets killed. Was Poor that Leo. justi was that justified? No, I mean, it Leo, just... Leo seemed pretty innocent. Uh yeah, yeah, most certainly he was, but he also saw his face. Yeah, so that's another thing too, is like if you're a killer, why would you show your face, right? But so okay, so um so he finds that the Leo was the driver, he gets into Leo's cab. And he automatically shows Leo the gun. And Leo's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he's like, hey, you know, you picked up some people. What's going on? And he's like, oh, yeah, I picked him up. And he's telling him everything that he wants, to, everything he wants to know, he tells him. Yeah, he's he's not putting up a fight. He's complying to everything. He's like, please, I, uh, you know, I'm just trying to make a buck here, man. I'm just a taxi driver. Right. And then he makes him pull under the bridge. And I knew it right there, right? Even he, even he had to know. That as soon as he pulled under the bridge, I'm sure. Like there's, you know, everyone kind of expects, and you're just there's like that little bit, you know, where it the the like the dial keeps on going, like from fifty percent to sixty percent, seventy, eighty, ninety percent. That you're just like, okay, this guy's gonna die. But there's yeah. still like that little bit where you're just like, maybe, please, maybe, maybe right? Because he's like, hey man, it's like, oh, never mind. Hey, man, just let me have a smoke, man. Hey, man, can I go? The good thing is about the killer that we've seen, and I don't mean the movie, really. I mean the character of the killer is that he, his victims don't know that they're dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, poor Leo felt nothing. It did come right. quite expectedly. And that's what they he had uh, said, too, is that his 
special specialization was making it look like an accident, right? Yeah, yeah, he loves to do that. He loves to think that something's poisoned or somebody drowns or Yeah, yeah, he it's his favorite thing to do and we only get to see it a few times. Right. And this was this was good. Like, I mean, I felt bad for Leo. I'm like, "Oh man, no, not Leo." Yeah, well, getting shot was not like a natural death or accident, but yeah, it, it does come quick and unexpected and Right. So at then at least gives him that. Then we go to Louisiana. He flies to America and he gets into a white van, which I'm sorry, Toyota or Ford, whoever has the white van, maybe you should change it. I don't know. Right? I mean, that's such such a killer van. And then like the funny thing too is that like he goes to like Louisiana or, or Florida or wherever. I think it's Louisiana first. And then like he goes to like Home Depot and he has these guys like load the van with blatantly like I'm gonna kill somebody stuff. Like with a trash can, I don't know, like a like a nail gun and stuff, you know. <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of rope tape, plastic wrap. Bunch of rope. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Can I help you? Yes, I need rope. How long do you need it? I I don't know. What do you need a pole? <laughs> I don't know. A boat? Oh, you don't need that rope there. You need this rope. <laughs> <laughs> and you still don't know as the audience what's going on. I hope you got that reference. Um. Like I said, so, you're getting better every time. Yeah, thank you. And um, he's he's this he's this like waste management guy, right? And he's following this this random woman like on the streets of Louisiana, and he goes into this office building, and he has this big trash can. And I knew, right? I knew he was going to kill somebody. You knew he was going to kill somebody, and the body was going to go in the trash can. Right? That's obvious, right? <laughs> But how are they going to get put into the trash can? That's what I'm curious I mean, about. yes, for a little bit, but it was also just creative how he was trying to get inside of the building, just the way that he kind of scouts what he's going to do. His, you know, he looks for his entrance is the best way of doing it. Uh, kind of a hiding in plain sight. And I think this is fun because I've been taught this before in IT security classes, uh, that you could have the most secure fortress in the world on uh, any part of of tech or gadget gizmo door lock whatever the hell is that the that always and i think we already know always um the most flawed area is going to be a human is going to be the guard the person watching uh the whole the whole thing and this movie did that perfectly where you know you're in the door and you're walking in and somebody with two hands full, you know, in a cart. Hey, buddy, hey, hold that. And, you know, your nice guy kicks in. And just, oh, yeah, let me get that. Here, oh, this guy's just bringing the, you know, bringing in the trap, bringing in the waste uh, disposal, or the, was it the, the paper shredder? No, he was, he was a FedEx guy. He was delivering packages. What? No, he was recycled. No, he was, fe- well, no, I'm sorry. The killer was recycled, but the FedEx guy let him in. This is why you always get UPS. Yeah. <laughs> And what I also like UPS don't give up. Yeah, United Postal Service, but um, well, also what I like too was the detail, right? So like he he's counting the seconds of that of that delayed door, like it's eight seconds, right? More eight Mississippi's, and I don't know what her name was, Dolores, like the secretary, whatever her oh, name was. Poor poor lady. Uh, let's just say Dolores, right? She looks like a Dolores. Uh, and I can I can look it up for you. Oh, if you want to, or you can just have fun. I, I do. I actually had it up there, and I, and I misclicked. It's Dolores. It is Dolores? It's Del- Dolores. Dolores Van Cartier. Perfect. Perfect. 
I'm I okay. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's just a Is it real? Is it just a horse? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he's like hey Dolores she's like oh my god right she's like that damsel in distress and he meets uh Morgan Freeman lookalike the lawyer uh, otherwise it was right. Hodges right Hodges the lawyer straight up Morgan Freeman from Wanted right and is this the head of this criminal organization is he just a manager because He's a lawyer. Well, he's fronting as a lawyer. So he is the killer's boss, right? Well, I, I uh, he's just maybe like the accounts manager or, you know, we don't know. We, he could just be the lieutenant. He could just, he could be the, the owner operator. What if he is a part of the table? And this is a John Wick universe movie. Oh, man. You have the killer versus John Wick. That'd be great. That'd be fun. And the killer's going to kill him, right? Uh, I mean, we all know killer this, gonna kill. how's he, he going to kill him? But how is he going to kill him? So uh, the guy's like cocky. He's just like, hey, man, look. I mean, is this really something the big reveal? Like like the guy that he was supposed to kill ordered a hit or, like, or something like that, right? Doesn't he reveal that somebody ordered a hit against him? He was, no, the, the, the client who... Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I could pull up the wiki right here. But the client that paid him to off the guy, when he found out that the it went bad, he paid to have him for the insurance. Up. Yeah. Right, for the insurance. So then all the killer wants is the names of the people that came to his hideout and messed up his girl. And, of course, Hodges, the lawyer's not going to give this to him. So he begins to destroy his laptop, standard, standard. And then he takes his nail gun, not a staple gun, a nail gun, and he shoots three nails in his chest. And the guy is coughing up blood. Question. Um, I don't ever want to get um, shot in the chest with a nail gun, but um, how long are those nails? Would that actually happen like that? Here I am trying to put logic to it. Right? Because, like, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't feel good, but it was kind of uh, the dark humor of it is is Michael Fassbender thinking like, oh yeah, he's he's got like, well he estimates like he's got like fifteen seconds for him here to tell me, and then he dies right away, and he goes whoops, oh, you know, it's just like he completely underestimates the window of time that he had to get a confession. That's why I asked you so off air. I asked Eric, everybody, um, is this guy supposed to be? A mess up because he messed up by killing the dominatrix and not his hit. And then he messes up by calculating the time of death that it will take to get shot in the chest with a nail gun. Is this guy a mess up or is he just unlucky or is it just it, it's not going that deep? Like, I mean, what is it saying? Because that's twice now that this guy who's prying himself on being. Uh, particular on every little aspect has messed up twice. I don't know if he's, it's so much that he's messed up is versus just, just kind of another wild thing getting thrown, just life happening. Okay. Right. And, so then and, and the way he, he's just, his ability to adapt out of it is, is just kind of showing that because that's really a big skill in itself, right? The versatility of just being on the field and 
making that quick decision to be like, well, uh, we're doing this instead. All right, you know, quick call everybody uh, because this happened. We're we're changing it up and we're doing something else instead. Hey, fair enough. It just yeah, it just popped in my head, right? Sure. With it, like, huh, I wonder. But then I have another question too. So Dolores, he zip ties to the bathroom sink, and she's you know damsel in distress, blah blah. blah. Uh, there's no way she's getting out of this. He kills the lawyer. He goes back in there, and she immediately says, hey, look, I have children. I want them to get the life insurance. I don't want to disappear. I know you're going to kill me. She didn't say that word. Uh, can you make it, Can you know, just so I don't disappear kind of thing? Yeah. And he was like, and then he monologues himself, say, don't show empathy. There was a pill bottle on the ground. That was blatantly showing us that pills were missing. Did she take a bunch of pills, or did she knock the pills down? She knocked them down. I thought. Like I, I don't know if it was her attempt, okay. or or what. I thought it was trying to be. I, I thought it was trying to be suicide that she saw pills because because the camera showed us the pill bottles. Yeah, I blatantly. thought originally that she was doing it just to kind of, um, I don't know, uh, avoid his hand. But I, that's I'm, what prob- I seen. I'm probably I wrong on I, that. I thought she took it. I thought she took pills. That's that's what I thought. Well, if that were to happen, then you know, if she were to make that it request, wouldn't the autopsy go? The, you know, right. So then uh, he takes her to her house, nice house by the way, and she literally has a Rolodex. If you don't know, if you're listening to the show where the Rolodex is, I'm sorry, you're too long. Listen, you're too young. You listen to the show and Google where Rolodex is. Trust me. That save symbol. <laughs> Never mind. I had a joke. <laughs> that save symbol's on a floppy disk. <laughs> as, long as, you're, as long as you're laughing. Um, you know, and he remembers what she says. I don't want to go, I don't want to disappear. And as soon as she could walk down the stairs, he snaps her neck, dude. So it looks like she broke her neck falling down the stairs. There's a little karate chop in the end. She falls down the steps. The second victim that doesn't know that they're dead. That's crazy. Crazy. It's just crazy to think about. I've been thinking about that for 24 hours. Like, they don't know that they're dead. Like, if you got shot in the back of the head, you wouldn't know. It's a weird thing, just uh, how you could just, you know, how fragile. How you can just be walking, all of a sudden, just boom, just lights off, just like a lamp. So now, he goes to Florida. And he meets Rikishi from WWE, right? One of the guys that beat up his girl. This guy. He, he makes some joke. It's like it's like a penitentiary. Like 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 he sees this house. It's on stilts, right on the water in Florida, but it's surrounded by like you know uh, a fence, and they have a uh, oh, what was that dog's name from Next Friday? Oh, Chuko. Oh, oh man, Chuko, Chuko, whatever. Yeah, like, that that dog kind of remind me of that one. Um, and here he is meticulous again, right? He, he's just, he's just a tourist. He's just watching. They go to a strip club slash casino. These people, he follows them there and he's ready. So he gets, he gets like NyQuil and hamburger meat and feeds it to the dog. Yeah. To knock the dog out. He doesn't kill the dog ever. I wonder why he does it since he has a silencer, just poop, poop, you know? But I guess he doesn't kill dogs. Oh, because it may look like an accident, right? You're just trying to get him out of the way. 
gonna make this look like an act. Well, maybe he will. I don't know. You because... think that if if someone comes in and like if the person gets shot, you think that okay, well that's something. But it's like if the person and the dog was shot, then you get John Wick. Yeah, you get John Wick killed my dog. Cop Wick. Um, we get a great fight. Like 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 was this guy Samoan? This guy was a wrestler, right? This guy, this guy's huge. Yeah. It was, a lot, it, was a, it was a lot of a lot of good fightings. There's no way in real life Michael Fassbender is walking away from this. He got messed up. This was some John Wick stuff. Yeah, no, that they there was some real good fights in this one. And this is the thing too is that I um and much as I enjoyed the fights, they did the thing, the the typical kind of fight thing where the bad guy or in the fights instead of like throwing punches or something like that, they just kind of do like this grapple hold and they pick them up and they they throw them or charge you know and yeah yeah but there was some cool stuff though too go ahead i'm sorry no no it, it just it it happens a lot you know where there's a killing strike kind of right there you could add a few more punches or hits or stomps kicks punch and kick just something but it, it said the guy chooses to take the, you know, the good guy and throw them halfway across the room. You know, through, sure, a, through but a table, and, it's just, and then slow, and then like slowly that. walk over to go get them. Um, no, there's some stuff, and this this was definitely one of those nail biting moments where it was it was back and it was back and forth. It was a it was a bloody battle, man. It was great. Like one of the things that I like it's again small detail for me, but one of the things that I like is uh, Fastbender was on his knees. Like kind of crawling behind a couch, and the Samoan dude like kicks the couch and pinches him against it. Like little things like that. I was like, oh, that's really neat. Samoan guy gets like, I think he gets stabbed through the groin. Uh, right? yeah, he, yes, he somewhere gets, around, yeah, somewhere around there, right around there. And he's in fastbenders, you know, hiding and blah blah. He gets killed, blah blah. Next stop is Boston. He goes to Boston. Boston, yeah. He goes to Boston, and uh, he meets. We we seen his actress hundred times, right? But this is the Q-tip actress. A fancy restaurant. Mm -hmm. Fancy restaurant eating food. He has empathy in this, right? Because she knows that she's gonna die, right? So she accepts her fate. But they but they share a meal with whiskey. A flight of whiskey. Mm -hmm. But he was going to let her go, right? Because they go to the park later. And then, like, he sees that she has a knife, right? He's like, oh, kills her. Uh, and by the way, they're not Boston. This is in Beacon, New York. Thank you. Thank you. He goes to Boston next, right? No. He goes to Chicago. Yeah, it's New York, then Chicago. Chicago. And this is where we find the twist, right? This was kind of what I spoiled, right? The guy that he was supposed to kill end up putting the hit on him? Is that what happened? Uh, yeah, because the guy in the Petersburg was was one killer, right? Uh, Tilda Swinton was the other killer. Mm. And the last guy in Chicago was the client. Right. Yeah, in an upscale penthouse. He's in like a super hyper-secure penthouse in chicago and he makes it a point to say that he was able to sneak in and 
you know, next time when I sneak in, how to say I put some poison in your glass? Threatens him and doesn't kill. Right, and then he's like, yeah, if you kill you slowly, meh, right? Meh. Meh. And then the, I mean, I mean, everything else moves quick, right? But after that, you know, this is where the killer goes. Well, how'd you like how this worked? How it moved in these chapters, and each chapter, six chapters, by the way, was a different target, a different destination, different check mark on his list. Uh, again, uh, where's Bill at the end of the name? Uh, the, I don't like the chapters because this movie did not call for that. Um, Kill Bill did, right? Uh, and I bring up Kill Bill because that's a very good revenge movie. Uh, this movie didn't need chapters. There was no reason to have chapters. None. Let's be honest. Right? No? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Like, I'm like, it, it, it didn't take me out of the movie that it said, chapter blah 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 but it was still stupid that it was just this small little thing going across the screen for no reason uh, possibly I, uh, it seems like this is based off the French graphic novel series yes I googled that I was like what is this based off and it was like In oh the 90s very nice 98 was the first issue pretty cool I'm never gonna um, read this yeah it's French Sucker I don't blue. know. I I know Macaroo. What do you think about him not killing the client? It shows he has empathy, which is everything that he's going against, which makes us show that he's human. Hence why, if you notice, he never blinks, and that was another thing that uh, he was talking about with Graham Norton. Is it is empathy? That... Is it? Yeah. It's, it's... Uh, uh... Why would he go against everything that he said he was not... Again, either that... Well, I, I feel like talking contradiction. He knows that this this dude was he, he knew not what he was doing. He he was just paying for for the insurance, whereas the other people maybe knew who this person was. They knew what the business of it was, and they did it anyway. And because of that, it, it became personal, and that's what the killer went after him. You know, the John Wick part of it. But this guy, this guy's just a John. He doesn't know who any of these people are. He doesn't know their business. He just wanted this this guy, this uh, your your Trump looking dude in the beginning of the movie. He just wanted him gone for whatever dumb reason. Right, which also makes me angry towards the movie because this is everything throughout the whole movie that this character, the killer, said that he was against. He let him go. Right, doesn't matter if you're just some. Joe off the street, you're a Joe off the street that hired a hit team, right? So you're not innocent. There's blood on your hands. Yeah, I think he, I think he knew that you can't kill this guy though, because he's a public figure. He's he's big. He's he's in there. Everyone else, they're yeah, their profession is to be in the shadow. Right, but still, I mean, like this goes. I'm not saying it's, it's it makes me angry because this is not who he is. But then that's the whole point of the movie, right? He's supposed to have growth, right? At the beginning of the movie, if he met this guy, he would have killed him. But because of his journey and what he went through, typical, right? I mean, he has to learn and grow and all that, you know, typical story stuff, right? He has to learn, and it, it tells a very very good ABC story. Right? Do you think I he mean, learned? 
Yeah, right. He's not doing anything anymore, right? He's not going to, right? Because again, that's why I asked: Was the lawyer the head of the organization? Mm. Like, is anybody else going to come after him, or is he going to live? Because this guy has money everywhere. Didn't he say he has like six or eight storage units across the United States? Yeah, he's he's seems to be doing a okay. Right. I mean, he's he's fine. So, the lawyer is that. The head. If it's the head, well, you cut the head off, so therefore nobody else is going to come after you. Sure. I guess <laughs> because there's also... I would think that there's competitors out there, maybe, that there's... Right, but the, the lawyer... Only, not the only business in town. But the lawyer knows where the where his hideout is, is in, is in the Dominican Republic, so would he sit on a beach later words and have a mojito and worry? You know what I mean? Like... I I don't know. I don't, not until Nick Fury shows up and asks him to get the band back together. <laughs> they need to get the band back together after this box office debacle. Um, you want to get into the popcorn rating, bud? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, is it a large or is it medium? This is a medium. Are you sure it's not a large, though? Because we haven't talked crap about it. And... We both kind of didn't want to see it because of Mank, but it was entertaining as hell. Listen, it was an enjoyable movie. I I enjoyed this movie for for really what it was, but I just felt like I don't. The story was just kind of off. Like, so it's a revenge story type of thing. Like, it's not. Uh, you know what I would like? So I I liked what's that movie? The Day of the Jackal, because it's just. Plain and simple. Here's the target. Go do the kill. Sure, about the Bruce Willis movie? No, that's just called The Jackal, which is based okay. off of the same, okay, of of the same novel of the same Sorry. movie in the seventies. Where Jack Black got blown away. Go ahead. Yeah, but where it's just simple assassination. This throws in a bit more of this story into the assass- the assassin's life, and. I don't know if they're trying to capitalize off the John Wick thing or if they just wanted a whole lot of action. But the slow burn was great. The suspense building is great. The traveling and the way Michael Fassbender has to carry himself and stay incognito is great. Everyone likes that. I'm not going to argue about that uh, at, at any part because it always makes for kind of a fun movie of like, what are they doing next? This is what, you know, this is what's going on. This is what they're doing. But for why he was doing it and just after a while it just kind of seemed like silly I don't know maybe not silly but it was almost just like geez this is going to great lengths to cover all this thing up and is it just so he can just retire like he's he screwed up he screwed up the shot and now he has to take revenge on everybody that tried to kill him for because he screwed up it's it's just a weird story I think he got revenge because they they didn't go there to just kill him. They went there and they beat the crap. I mean, they almost killed his girlfriend. Yeah, of course. So that's course. what it is, right? It's like, hey, she's probably innocent, right? We don't know much about her, right? She's probably not in the world. She probably doesn't know. Well, I mean, I mean maybe she does because you said I never gave you up, so maybe she does know. But, I mean, like, you went after the girl. You don't go after the girl in the movie, right? That's where the revenge takes place. 
Look, I mean, like, I think the story's pretty much straightforward. I actually disagree with you. I think I think it makes logical sense. Uh, instead of you killed my dog, you beat the crap out of my girl. Now I'm going to come after you. I'm not right? trying to say uh, it's a complicated story. I'm just trying to say that it's just quirky. It's just kind of a, a it takes a, a hard angle instead of just kind of staying on the path of, of being something like the Day of the Jackal. Where what's it's hard ju- about it? Because I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what's hard about it? Because the killer screwed up. Right. And just like you said, this movie could not be about a professional, but a guy who's a screw-up. Is he a screw-up? I mean, you seem to argue with me on that point, though. I didn't think he, I didn't think he was, but I, I, again, like uh, I didn't even have to think about it until you brought that up. And just like, well, geez, Jordan's got a, got a point here. I was like, this guy's not really uh, bad in a thousand here. He's, he seems to be kind of screwing up quite often. But at the same okay. part, I, 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 again... Is he screwing up, or is it just the way that the, that life is thrown at him? You know, uh, but yeah, he has these certain codes that he certain certainly kind of bends for. His mo is to kind of just get revenge on everything. When you would think that I don't know for someone who has that many fail safes, you know, in, in storage areas and everything around the around the world. Uh, maybe he just has a safe house. Where where's the you know his contingency plan for you know when everything tries to go after him again? Is it just going to be standing strong at the fort and just you know Scarface style say hello to my little friend as the mob or as the as the army walks in and and tries to blast you? Uh, he's a killer. He lives incognito. Why is he living flashy like this? Why is he you know modest everywhere else except for this? area here or in his recovery of the kill it, it just I, I i'm not trying to break it down uh or pick it apart or anything like that it just seems i uh, like just again just kind of quirky to me it i i I, I it seems like okay here's a killer but he's got a, a killer's complex here you know hey hey everybody like you to meet Michael Fassbender. He's your typical average weekend killer, and he's got himself do 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 a problem. He's gonna take know, care of it. Whoa! And you know, I don't want to make it seem like it's a '90s comedy movie, but again, if you put like a little bit of a slide whistle in here, I think that's what you got. I'm not. I I just wanted a bit more of a um. I don't know. Uh, something just a little more traditional. Is that what I'm trying to say? Am I being an old man about this? I don't know if traditional is the way to go, right? Because I think if you go traditional, then the story gets boring. It gets dry. Um, the movie's a medium because my issue is that, and this is a contradiction, it follows the typical script where it tells you the ABC story. It introduces you a character with flaws, and at the end it's supposed to give us growth by letting people go and breaking all of his moral codes codes for me, for this movie, I don't like that. The movie goes that way. We get introduced with this guy. We're alone with this guy for 15, 20 minutes in, in our time learning all about this guy and all of his silly little rules and his heartbeat and all these different things. And he doesn't follow through with that throughout the rest of the movie. And that's what kind of irritates me. The movie's a medium bag because I feel the movie has sloppy points to it. It's a hell of a lot better than Mank. Uh, but it's it's definitely one. It's it's this is like Panic Room Benjamin Button territory. 
You know what I mean? For, uh, for Fincher, since those are his movies. It's, it's okay. I see what they're doing. Uh, I kind of like what they're doing. Uh, but at the end of it, uh, the popcorn is a little too salty. You know what I mean? Like it's it it doesn't it doesn't have a good taste. I like Panic Room, but it's a salty taste. Benjamin Button, I like it, salty taste. This well, movie kind of the same thing. I again, it was just one of those where the killer that I'm introduced to is this guy who is cold, no right. empathy, he doesn't blink. Yeah, it just he's just a machine. He's sent to do the job and he's sent to go do the thing. But when a movie introduces the character like this, I I find it hard to swallow because as we introduced to it, this is not their first time. This right. is a professional who has done this many, many times to the point where they are a professional. They are good at this. They aren't they're not just a driver, they're a transporter. Nice. Okay? But for some reason it's always just that one package, just that one job, just that you know, one that everything else like that where they suddenly their their heart grows three times too big and they have their issue they have their this dilemma that they have to to think up just and it's just dumb to me sometimes because this character is supposed to be some hardened ex con criminal navy ex millet whatever who's killed in the triple you know four digits maybe he's got a comma somewhere in those in that that body count and oh, suddenly they have to feel bad because a little girl lost a lollipop or something like that, <laughs> or you know because they screwed up. Because but you don't want to see that movie though, Eric. You don't want to see that movie. You don't want to see the guy that's per- that is perfect every time. You want to see the guy that falls and rises from the top. No, that's right? just it, Jordan. Because I feel like the movie that I do describe, where if it is a, a guy who is kind of prone to doing that, you get it starring Leslie Nielsen, and it's a completely different movie. Okay. All right. I mean, fair which enough. I would I'm, still see, by the way. Yeah, I mean, like I don't, I don't see the whole like you're saying. I don't see that. I just think that this is a guy that thinks that he is something, but he's not. I'm not trying to put that to the movie. I'm trying to put that to the to the story. I maybe I'm going too hard. Uh, maybe you are. Maybe my, I am my too. My descriptions, but I just think in in that in that story, I, I feel it's it's a bit. I uh, too much. Uh, Can, it, 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 you had me with the style of what you were going for with Michael Fassbender, with the narration, with this this kind of cold mentality, uh, this this bleak, this dark life that he that he lives. This this very quiet, you know, uh, uh, solitary life that he has to, uh, you know, is his job. I, I like that. That's that's great. Showing me the process. Showing me the step by step where he has to go from from bus to train, to airplane to Uber. To, you know, and changing wardrobes in the bathroom, changing hairstyles, change, doing all that. Show me that. That that's great. But uh, when suddenly this person has a heart, it it seems or has a conscience. It, it just seems just kind of like did Been you there not done just that, right? well yeah because it's just like did you it's like. Did you not forget like this person's backstory? Did you just shoot Leo in the face? Well, in the back of the head. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, like, I think we're both saying the same things. Uh, this is definitely Fincher. This is not Fincher's top five, right? Like, this is. 
No, but it no. was very Fincher, and, and I and again, it was a good slow burn movie. I I didn't enjoy it for for what it was, and again, it's a two hour runtime. It was oh, that's fine. You could do it you know, two two batches of an hour, which is I think what I did. Yeah, uh, it's 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 fine. It's it's a medium. It's a, it's uh, a solid a, Netflix movie. It's a, yeah, it's the better of the of the Netflix movies that we've seen. It's something to take a look at, right? If you like thrillers, it's something. It's funny because we were arguing with each other a little bit, but I'm still on your team with the medium, though. You know, like it's not great for some reason, but I did enjoy it. So it's a medium. Well, is there anything that you would do to make it better? Not have him screw up, but then you change the movie. Yeah, sure. You know, make him make him kill the guy in the beginning, but that was a decoy, or you know, like something else crazy you can put into the mix, right? Uh, because again, we are told before he kills or before he kills the dominatrix that this guy is supposed to be, for what we are told, perfect. But then also, though, what I kind of dig about the movie is that. We're only getting his story. And we all know, right, the classic trope, the narrator lies. He's an untrustworthy narrator. Yeah. Because I kind of feel, and this may change my rating a little bit, I'm now I'm thinking about it, is that he, for like 15, 20 minutes of the movie, we only get his point of view. Of course he thinks he's awesome. Why wouldn't he think he's awesome? I mean, you think you're awesome. I think I'm awesome. Everybody else thinks they're awesome. What's <laughs> really happening? You know what I mean? It was just, I think a, what, what it was, point. do you remember, okay, so you remember Memento? Oh, yeah, of course I do. I think a big charm about that movie, besides of obviously how it was shot and done, is the fact that Guy Pierce the entire time, his narration is almost how you talk in your head. You're, sure. you're, you're talking it through yourself. Okay, what am I doing here? Okay, we're going to walk. Okay, do, okay, do this. Okay, okay, wrap this, you know, and just kind of doing like these beats, these, these next steps in your, in your head a bit more. And it's kind of how you translate it in your head. And that's really what I, I felt in, in this to a certain extent, but then it kind of just lost its way. Like halfway through the movie, I felt like it stopped doing that and just was absorbed in this, this revenge plot now and, and having it be a lot more action and less of that slow burn pants are off, baby. We're in the action now. Yeah, but I don't think that's what Fincher was going for. I mean, I think it, I think Fincher wanted to make an action film, but here I am defending him because I like him. Uh, I, yeah, that's a solid point, Eric. Um, I got nothing else. I mean, like, <laughs> it's, it's, you suck. This movie sucks. Everybody sucks. That no, it, I'm joking. All right. Oh, it's a solid medium, everybody who's listening, right? I think Eric and I had a great discussion on it, but I think it's a solid medium. It's worth a watch if you have nothing to do on a Sunday night. It's not a Sunday afternoon, but you have, if nothing to do, if you're done watching The Crown, you know, check this one out. It's something to see. Yeah, right, right now, right? The reason why I bring up The Crown is because my wife's watching it, and it's the Princess Diana death season, so everybody's watching that. Does she die? Yeah. Princess die. And nice in a car accident, in a tunnel. Yep, that happens. I remember. I remember the day it happened. I don't. I remember Elton John singing the song, and my mom bought the CD. I remember, I woke up at my dad's house, and he uh, had it on the paper. It said Diana dead. 
big old bold letters headlines right there, and I was just like, holy cow. That sums up our generation, right? Where were you with uh, Waco, Diana, 9-11? God, it's gone are the days of where there's a newspaper headline, right? Right. Yeah, gone are the days where I say, give me the funnies. Yeah, what's that Marmaduke up to? <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed this conversation. Check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcast from, we are on. Also, if you don't know, when you go to the .com, click on Movie Guys Podcast Awards. You click on the link, and you can vote. Again, every year I say your vote matters. We don't vote as the host for our annual Movie Guys Award. The eighth, right? This is the eighth year, bud. It's been a while. No, it's ninth year going on. We're doing, yeah, we're doing great. We appreciate everyone that... That does it. It's always fun to see the votes. Yeah, it's always fun to see. We don't get a chance, so I'd always like to see everybody's opinions are. But uh, make sure to check that out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Eric, thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back next Thursday, like always. Right, bud? For like always. Awesome episode. Let's talk about it. Have a good night. the story about how upset gene and i were when we saw that dawson's creek was on netflix and we were heartbroken that we stopped it did you hear that before what do you mean you stopped it what do you mean okay so everybody loved dawson's creek there are is right now people that even said that they don't like dawson's creek is freaking lying i'm I'll... aware of your your obsession with dawson's creek but why do i like dawson's creek do you remember because the beak baby the beak is amazing, and also I wanted to be a filmmaker, and he was, a, and he wanted to be a filmmaker, right? And we were relatively at the same age, you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, everybody knows the song, right? The "I Don't Want to Wait" song, right? They get you in the mood, right? Kind of like when you watch The O.C. and it was the California, get you in the mood, right? Yeah, I know. It was every homecoming's yeah. uh, theme song for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Every. Every. Yeah. So. Um, it was just, I don't know, it was 10 years ago maybe, but Gene and I saw that Dawson's Creek was coming to Netflix for the first time. Because for right. the longest time, you couldn't find it, right? You know, And Netflix got the rights. So we played the first episode, you know, Dawson and Pacey, oh, yay. And then we get ready for the opening, I don't want to wait. And all of a sudden, it's head is in the clouds. Ooh, do, 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 do. I'm like, what is this? What is this? This isn't I don't want to wait. So we Google it. And this is the Dawson's Creek that aired in Canada because Netflix could not get the rights to I don't want to wait. Wow. Paula Cole stingy, huh? Right. So still to this day, if you watch Dawson's Creek, the only episode that you get I don't want to wait is the series finale. Man, that's. Paula Cole herself turns into a cowboy after all those years of waiting for one and is just robbing uh, Netflix for all they're worth. Which is funny, too, since you brought that joke up. Very clever. And I love that, by the way, is that if you actually like 
read the lyrics, that's that's heartbreaking. It's like what men coming home from war and they're disfigured and stuff. Like it's heartbreaking, right? And all of a sudden they took this song and it's about preteen and angst. <laughs> man, I tell you, there's some deep singers back then. What if God was one of us, man? What if you know? For the longest time, I thought that she was the daughter of uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, well, I mean, the name fits. Yeah, I mean, the name fits. If the name fits, the shoe fits. Speaking of shoes, I can't wait. I found a pair of Hey Dudes that I'm going to buy for you. Oh, baby. Uh, it's going to be a cold Christmas. <clears throat> Gina said to me, she goes, I just saw your Amazon wish list, and there's like three pairs of Hey Dudes. You really want three pairs of Hey Dudes? <laughs> and I said, one's for my brother-in-law and one's for Eric. The other one's for me. <laughs> 